is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. We are Corinne and Sabrina. The hosts of this wonderful podcast. Corinne, can you believe that this is episode 10? No. Whoa. That's so weird. I didn't even realize. We've been doing this for... 10 weeks. More than that, though, because the work we put into it and then... And we recorded our first one and posted it and then took like a whole month to do the second one because I like left the country. <laughs> but also we're te- we teased people, you know, you can't, you gotta, right. you gotta give them a little taste of it and Drop leave them wanting here. more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're good I at that. I think we're doing an okay job. Yeah. Well, you come out here in a few days because when this coming for Halloween weekend. When this episode is out, I will have just left spending a weekend with you that's true you will have just Wait, i don't left. like thinking about leaving you though well i haven't even gotten to you yet i can't think about leaving just think about our time together running around salem which is <laughs> i'm so excited it's me so much fun. clearly since i like wrote out a full itinerary i know it was so cute you, <laughs> i got a text from corinne today and it was like, I'm too worried that we're not going to have enough time to spend with each other. So I've written out every hour and what we're doing. <laughs> and it's a list of like a hundred things. And then on the side, it says lunch somewhere in there. <laughs> we don't need to eat. And it starts at 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah. And I don't land until 7.55. <laughs> it's okay. I have to prepare myself. <laughs> Mental preparation is on the schedule. Well, with Halloween in mind we decided, even though this episode comes out a couple days before Halloween, to focus on Halloween and the legends behind it and the history of Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 (laughs) Oh, we're really good singers. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually thinking about that. I was like, we have these nice microphones. I wonder... If I should record myself singing one day and replay it back to see how awful I am. I think about I this we'd... all the time. Right? And then I'm too embarrassed to do it even though I'll be alone and no one will know that I did it. Can and I tell like, you? What song do I pick? Like, this is hard. I feel like I'm auditioning for The Voice. You are. But before um, we had a, our intro, our awesome intro... I was like, oh, I could be cool like My Favorite Murder too, and make my own intro. And so I recorded myself while driving home in the car and I sang a little clip. Wait, did you actually? I deleted it recently because it was so Oh, no. I was like, will you play it? No. Oh, my gosh. I would never. That's like – that's blackmail. If anyone ever scrubbed my phone and found – or unscrubbed my phone, I guess, and found that file, it would be the end of my – of my existence. Wait, what is uns- – they can find stuff that you've already deleted? Yeah. Haven't you heard that, like, basically anything you really delete is never actually deleted and everything's always out there and there's always a way to get but it? But on your phone? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is also – I work on the show Blind Spot, so I feel like maybe I make up some of the science stuff because we talk about it all the time. But I'm pretty sure there's, like, yeah. technologies to um, retrieve deleted files. Oh. Well, I hope no one does that. <laughs> the fear on your face. 
It's like when I can't see something, like when I'm trying to like photo, like when my throat is sore or something, and I'm like, I photograph inside my mouth, which is really gross. And then I examine it and then I delete it. Everyone does that, but that's not a weird photo to like un- <laughs> undelete and find. Okay, so people aren't looking for the inside of my mouth? No, oddly enough. Well, you I'm are for a, the inside you- of my butthole. <laughs> Sorry, cut that. Cut no, that. I have to leave that. That's amazing. <laughs> Gross. Ew. Okay. But yeah, we're talking about Halloween. And we're going to um, post tons of pictures of us in our costumes and everyone to tag us in their pictures of their costumes and share everything Halloween with us. Right. Totally. I'm very excited to see everybody's costumes on Halloween, especially because we'll be out in Salem. So I feel like that's the place to go to see the most extreme costumes. I'm like slowly dying and choking on my oh, are you okay? cough. Yeah. <coughs> yep, I'm good. Yeah, you good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Is anyone there to save, save me? You if- Leia. And oh, wait. Oh, there's what? some comedian. There was a comedian, a female comedian. I can't remember who it was. But in part of her skit, she said that one of the things that happened when she divorced was that she realized if she died or if she choked, no one would find her. She For like alone. months and months. Yeah. yeah. So she was joking that she runs out into her front yard and waits for someone to walk by before she takes her vitamins. And she just like throws her pills in her mouth and like stares at the person walking by. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. In case anything would ever happen, they would be watching and they would call the police. Right. Safety first. Better safe than sorry. Yeah, that's scary. I would hate to be found like months and months later. There's a story. I I don't remember what or who or when or where. But so basically. So no details. No, no details. But basically someone came home after a long trip and came home and found a woman dead on the ground. And the body was so, like, bloody and beaten up and gross that they thought it was murder. But it was actually the woman died of natural causes, but no one was home except for the dog. And so no one no one knew, and the dog ended up starting eat, eating her. So she, like, was just so gross and mangled because the dog was eating oh, her. Oh, God. But and then no one also, found her. it's, like, it's super sad for the dog because I know. they didn't have a choice. They don't want to eat their owner. But it's, like, you're trapped in the house alone. I give Leia permission. Leia, listen to this. If I die and no one's here to feed her, she's allowed to eat me. Well, I hope that if you don't respond to texts or some of us don't hear from you for a few days, we would do something. You would know. Well, thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad I have friends like that who will. I think it would be on our radar. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. There's too many people around for you to go missing like that. I hope so. Should we talk about Halloween? Yes. The best holiday of the year. It's my favorite. It's the best because you can pretend to be someone else. And it's coming up. It's on Tuesday this year, October 31st. If you didn't know the date of Halloween, I'm mad at you. Yeah, who doesn't know? Who doesn't? Are there countries that... Well, I guess... It's... Yeah. It's it's just... (laughs) it's celebrated the most in the u.s but like mexico has dia de los muertos muertes and then canada celebrates it 
And I was reading Australia and France and some European countries celebrate it, but it's nowhere near as big as what we, how we celebrate it. Well, it's the second biggest commercial holiday in the Next U.S. to Christmas. Yeah, I saw that too. And I think Valentine's Day is actually the third. Really? Well, well yeah, because you're supposed to buy like all the flowers I guess that makes sense. and balloons. Yeah, because it stuff. costs money. I read, though, that um, Americans spend an estimated $6 billion annually on Halloween. I saw that, too. Can I ask what article you looked at? Did you look at the history.com article? Yeah. Me, too. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to have the same stuff. <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to tell you in such an exciting way that it's going to seem like you're learning new stuff. Okay, and then I'll repeat the same information, but I'll change the words and make it sound like I'm saying something different. Or I have a good idea. What if you read every single word backwards and then people and listeners can rewind or listen to it backwards and then it's like they're listening to it forwards? Have you ever noticed, does it happen to you when you're editing the podcast because we alternate? editing episodes does it happen to you where you like accidentally double click a certain way and then it starts playing backwards no it does that oh my gosh it happens to me all the time it's so scary i'll do i would be so freaked out by that yeah i click it a certain way and then playing backwards your voices sound distorted and deeper so it's like it goes from like hey it's sabrina and corinne and they're like it's it's scary Cut that that weird noise out that I just made. But it's really scary. Oh, that is scary. Oh. I don't like it. You know what else is scary? Halloween. Ghosts. <gasps> oh. Do you hear the She's little like, I agree. Hi, kitty. Um, okay. So can I tell you where Halloween or- originated from? Yes. So it originally was a Celtic holiday, or it originated from a Celtic holiday called uh, Samhain, and it is spelt S-A-M-H-A-I-N, which is basically the world trying to make me mispronunciate that word because Sa- it Sam- looks like Samhain, but it's Samhain. 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 So you so, take out the M and the H and you add a W. Yep. Yep. Makes sense to me. Uh, so the Celts who lived 2,000 years ago in the area that is now Ireland, the UK, and northern France celebrated their new year on November 1st. It marked the end of the summer and harvest of the beginning of the dark, cold winter, which was a time associated with human death. The Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. And I feel like that reminded me of Halloween Town, where all the people in Halloween Town could go to the go to Earth. Or I guess yeah, they can take the bus. Yeah, they can Earth. take the bus too. Technically, they're still on Earth, but they could take a bus to where humans the other live. Dimension. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, visit. So then, on the night of October thirty first, they would celebrate Samhain when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead would would return to Earth. And they believe that when worlds blurred, ghosts caused trouble, damaged their crops, and. They believed it was a time for people to make predictions about the future and that the prophecies were important in terms of direction for the long winters. And in order to celebrate Samhain, the Druids would build sacred bonfires and people would burn their crops and animals and sacrifice to the Celtic deities. And in some stories I read that they actually sacrificed other humans as well in the fires. What? Yeah. That's messed up. Well, yeah. 
And I then, was already upset about the fact that they're sacrificing animals. I know. But I feel like that just goes against everything. It's like, don't create another ghost and another spirit. Right. By sacrificing a person. But I think it was that they were so scared of the ghosts and stuff, and they felt like this is what they had to do to please the deities and, like, give them more spirits, I guess, for that world. Okay. So they would wear costumes during the celebration, and they typically consisted of animal heads and skins, and they would attempt to tell each other their fortunes. But they were so scared of ghosts getting stuck in their world, so they, like... They they would set places at their dinner table, leave treats on their doorsteps, and light candles on the side of their road to help their loved ones and other ghosts find their wa- way back to the spirit world and keep them from staying in the world that they live in and the human world. And then by 43 AD, the Roman Emperor, Empire had conquered most of the Celtic land, and throughout the next 400 years, two traditional Roman festivals were combined with that of Samhain. The first was Feralia, and I might pronounce these wrong, but it was a day in late October when the Romans would celebrate the passing of the dead. So it was very similar to Samhain, but it wasn't really in relation to um, the turn of the of the seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second one was a day to honor Pomona, which is the goddess of fruit and trees. And the symbol of Pomona is the apple. Is that why they stick razor blades and apples during Halloween? They do? That was like a thing that happened. Everyone is like, oh, was it a myth or did it actually happen? But I'm pretty sure they did find razor blades and a few apples, but no one was injured by that. No way. Yeah. The only thing I read was that that is what what they incorporated the apple into the celebration of Samhain. And that's how bobbing for apples began. Like the tradition of bobbing for apples on Halloween. Well, yeah, no, no, no. I totally believe the history. This is like much more recent. Like someone was trying to harm someone. Oh, really? Yeah, because, I mean, before, like, all the processed food and crap came out, like, back in the day, mm-hmm. our parents and their grandparents, in the 1900s, yeah, yeah, people were given fruit sometimes. Yeah. Like, actual food versus Skittles. Versus candy and, and junk food mm-hmm. that makes your teeth go bad. And they had razor yeah. blades in them? Some of them, apparently. Maybe they were just, like psycho people out there trying to kill little kids who are trick-or-treating yeah and it's like i mean if all the neighbors are given the same thing it's easy to pin it on someone right right how do they know that the apples you don't know where the apple originated from Mm. to check all your candy for little holes and everything yeah ew that's like scary why Mm -hmm. can't halloween just be enjoyable now well it should be i mean the majority of people are good people they're not going to do that right Right. I'm sorry to put such a damper on your history. Yeah, I was like really stoked about it, Corinne, and now I feel like I'm I can't bite into another apple without getting a razor blade in my mouth. No, uh, you're gonna be fine. No one was injured. Oh good, 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 good. Um in one thousand AD the church made November first All Saints Day. It was also called All Hallows, which was originated from the word All Hallow Miss, which meant All Saints Day. And then the night before that was referred to as All Hallows Eve and eventually turned into Halloween. Nice. And when it came when Halloween came to America, it was pretty limited limited in New England because New England was predominantly Protestant and they were very strict in their religious belief. Mm-hmm. And it was more common in Maryland and the southern colonies. 
Um, and it originated first as play parties where people would share stories of the dead, tell each other's fortunes, dance and sing, which is kind of like this podcast. We do that every week. Yes, we do. Minus the dancing. <laughs> well, sometimes. We do some like arm wiggling. Our, yeah, get the blood flowing. Yeah. But Halloween wasn't really brought to America until the second half of the 19th century when millions of the Irish who fled the Irish potato famine immigrated to America, bringing over their Celtic uh, history and their celebration of Samhain to America. And then do you want me to talk about traditions or do you want to talk about traditions? I'll talk about some of the traditions. Tell me all about the traditions. Okay. Well, I'm going to break down trick or treating because the trick and the treating, they come from different places. So the treating is from the late 1800s. There was a push on making Halloween a holiday. And so giving out treats became a part of this tradition. And they borrowed it from the English and Irish traditions where people would dress up and go house to house asking for food. And in England... They had All Souls Day or All Saints Day. There was two. So I think November 1st is All Saints Day and November 2nd is All Souls Day. Okay. So they had All Souls Day parades where the poor would come out and they would beg for food from the people and the families. And the people and the families would give them pastries that they called soul cakes. But they would only – I mean, I don't know if only. But they they would give them the soul cakes, the poor people, the soul cakes – in return for the poor people promising to pray for the family's deceased relatives. And then people also left out bowls of food outside of their homes to stop ghosts from wanting to come any further. So it's like, hey, we gave you food, so you don't need to come in. We already gave you that, so just leave us alone. So that's the treating part. And then the tricking part, it was believed that if you left your house on Halloween, you would encounter ghosts, and so people would wear masks after dark if they had to leave their house in the dark so that they would avoid being recognized by the ghosts and that the ghosts would think that the people were just other ghosts. I very sound logic. (laughs) I think it's amazing. It's like, I'm just a ghost. (laughs) Don't mind me. I'm just being a ghost. (laughs) But I mean, cool. They did it. And now it worked apparently. So. Another thing in the tricking department was that young women thought that on Halloween, if they did certain tricks, they could find out the name or the appearance of their future husband. So in the 18th century Ireland, there were matchmakers and and cooks that were matchmakers, and the cooks would bury rings in mashed potatoes on Halloween night in hopes of bringing true love to whoever found it. That's cool. Right? I know, but it's like... Are they supposed to find it and then that brings them luck or do they find it and then hopefully they're on a date with someone and they think that person proposes and that's why they get true love? Oh, I guess that could be a little awkward and uncomfortable. Right. I didn't put sure. that there. <laughs> I swear it wasn't me. Wrong plate, wrong plate. Um, I do, in- but it's interesting because the um, women thinking they can find the future husband reminds me of the Bloody Mary origin. Right, like saying something in a mirror. And there is – so one of the things that that the women would do to try to f- figure out who they were going to marry was they would stand in a dark mirrored room with candles lit and then they'd look around and like look over their shoulders in the mirrors to find the faces of their oh, husband. Wow. And That's then so similar. 
I know it's super similar. I wonder if, if, cause there are so many things that like they say came from one place, but if you really date it back, it might've actually come from another. So I wonder yeah, I wonder. if Bloody Mary had some influence from that or vice versa. Right. So in Scotland, women would have hazelnuts and they would name each of their hazelnuts after a potential suitor. And then they would throw them into the fire and if the hazelnut turned to ashes rather than popping, because most of the time when you, like, throw, like, a chestnut or hazelnut or something into a fire, it will go pop yeah, and explode. The one that didn't explode and just burned to ashes was the one that would represent her future husband. On oh, the so flip it's like side, the name. It's the name you chose would be the name of your husband? Yeah. So if I got, like, th- three hazelnuts and I said... Andrew Ranson, Edward Scissorhands, and Sweeney Todd. They all are the same type. I know. I totally have a thing <laughs> for the bad boys. <laughs> uh. And then Edward Scissorhands burns to ashes. Boom, I'm marrying Johnny Depp. Like, it works like that. Well, you um, said Edward Scissorhand. You didn't say Johnny Depp, so you're marrying Edward Scissorhands. And not either way, Depp. I'm always going to end up marrying Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah um but on the flip side they also said i guess it depended on where you were um living at the time and what the the local customs were because some people believed the opposite happened so the one that burned ashes any of the ones that burned ashes symbolized a relationship that wouldn't last oh that's dead relationship burned ashes that one that kind of makes more sense to me yeah me too but it's like then most of them have to burn Right, because right. you can't have three poppin' husbands. Yeah, I mean, you could. Uh, you could, but back then I'm not sure that that was so common. Women would also eat sugary concoctions before bed on Halloween's Eve. Halloween, what we know is Halloween. <laughs> on Halloween night, and that was supposed to induce a dream. So bring them a dream of their future husband. Um, they'd also toss apple peels over their shoulders and see if the peels would fall in any certain shape that would spell out their future husband's initials. Wait, these are so crazy. I love it. Oh my God. So many. And I'm like, okay, this is like a little desperate, but it's all about, yeah, it's all about women finding their future husbands. It's like, like, I want to do it. Why not? It's like getting your palm read. You know, what if there is some truth to it? You just have to try. Yeah. But like, can it not be about my future husband? Can it be about something else? Like my next vacation or my next pay raise or the lottery numbers. Yes, the lottery numbers. That's important. That would be a good one. Let's change tradition. All right. So I put this little thing in and I don't want to spend much time on it because I think it's super sad, but I'm doing it for you because it's about cats. So the black cats are something associated with Halloween. They're supposed to bring bad luck Lies. Lies. It's all lies. I know. It is lies. Um, And the idea came from the Middle Ages when people believed that witches would turn themselves into black cats to hide from being found. So that's probably why the black cat is with Sabrina the Teenage Witch, too. Salem. Yeah. And his name is Salem. Like Salem. Right. Yeah. So um, don't believe this. This is absolutely a myth. Black cats are not bad luck at all. And there are a lot of programs out there trying to 
do reverse that stereotype because they're one of the least adopted types of cats out there, which is super sad because I think that they're the most beautiful and majestic. It's like a black panther. Can we, what if, oh my gosh, you know how awesome it would be is if everyone, not everyone, well, everyone, but if people went out today on either whatever day it is or on Halloween and went and adopted a black kitten. But only if you actually want the cat and will care for the cat. Right, right. I don't you want have this to, to have be like intentions. a Game of Thrones thing where everyone went and adopted huskies and then brought them back or like abandoned That them. happened? Yes. Because everyone really wanted to sad. be cool and have a dire wolf. Ugh. If you're a good so, person with means and you want, if you want and have the means to take care of a cat, go out on Halloween and adopt a black cat because they are looking for love and you might be the right person for them. Right. And if you see anyone mistreating an animal, whether it's a black cat or any animal, especially yeah. on Halloween when it, everyone gets into mischief and superstitions come out and people get drunk and stupid see something say something yeah call the popo yeah all right what you said uh, yeah thanks <laughs> <laughs> validation so um just a little bit on why people are fearful of halloween or why it's become such a like creepier sort of thing the religious side of it is that the Christians and some still believe that it's the devil's holiday and that it encourages sin and the people are more likely to be put in harm's way or to be possessed on Halloween because the lines are blurred. And yeah, so they can have I add better access to your souls? Yeah. That in the Satanic Bible, the Satanist Anton LaVey writes that after one's birthday, the two major Satanic holidays are Walpurgis snatch which i have no idea what that is and halloween <laughs> dang yeah so there's some there's some truth to that right a little bit more validation um and then current pagans which i'm sure we'll touch on next week when we want to talk about our experiences in salem yeah they they still they have rituals on halloween one of the things that they do is they invite loved ones who have passed on to come in contact with them in Halloween, on Halloween, if they so please. Movies also helped popularize the fear. Um, a lot of the movies included dripping blood and, you know, like the creepy crawly feelings and yeah, murderers and monsters. Right. Because it's like we want to be scared. We like being scared. But then there's something so nice about making fun of it, mm -hmm. too, that makes you a little less scared. You, like, have to make fun of it. Or else you're just entirely fearful. Right, because there's so much fear of the unknown. And like mm -hmm. like with this podcast, like we're afraid of it. So sometimes it's nice to laugh about it to make ourselves yes. feel better. And exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. So fast forward to more recent years. In the 1970s and 80s in Detroit, the, the younger adolescents, the youths, would set fires to thousands of buildings for what they called Devil's Night. And people really started fearing for their lives and for the safety of their family and for their homes because people were, on Halloween, like, ruining their lives, taking everything from yeah, them. Yeah, so sad. So that's where the mischief side, like, really played a part. And I know that I read that, like, police and, and towns were trying to encourage parents 
to take away some of the creepy and mischievous sides of Halloween um, to encourage people to, I don't know, behave a little more. Well, it's interesting because I also read that that happened during the late 1800s and early 1900s. Oh, wow. Because it was so dangerous. I mean, things come, it's like history comes in waves, you know, like it repeats itself. There's cycles. Because people don't learn from their mistakes. Right. But, you know, sometimes it's not always the teens and the kids getting in trouble. In the 1970s, that's when the rumors of the poisoned poison candy and razor blades happened and do you know the story about the the children who were poisoned yes yeah when everyone was going crazy and they were like oh my gosh like our candy's all poisoned and they were going wild and like searching all the neighborhoods and everything and everyone was checking out their candy and they were super fearful that their children were going to be poisoned because a father did in fact put poisonous candy out there. He was in a bad spot financially and decided that the solution to that was to murder his son to get life insurance money, his eight-year-old son. So this guy's name is Ronald Clark O'Brien. I'm sure you've heard of him. He was from Texas. He gave his children, his son and his daughter, a potassium cyanide-laced pixie stick. His nickname is The Candyman which is creepy. Um, but yeah, so he he gave the pixie stick to his son and also his daughter. He gave them to other children as well. I believe it was uh, three other children to try to cover it up and be like, well, it wasn't just my kids. Like, other people got it too. Um, his son did eat the poisoned pixie stick, and so his son passed away, and the other children did not, and so they survived. He was convicted for his son's death and for four counts of attempted murder so the three other children and his daughter he was given the death penalty go texas and he was executed it took the jury 46 minutes to find him guilty and 71 minutes to hand him the death penalty so that's the justice system doing something right yeah I love the stories where it takes such a short amount of time because there's no doubt and the crime is so evil that the jury is, like, unanimous. There's no question about it. They're just like, you're fucked. Yeah. So, yeah, some bad things happen on Halloween. But for the most part, I feel like everyone is in pretty good spirits and and no spirits. Yeah, but everyone everyone's into Halloween and the appropriate way to be into Halloween. Yeah. But people do have spooky experiences, and can I tell you a story of one? Yes. So this story also takes place in the 70s. Uh, it's, so it takes place in 1973 when a 16-year-old girl, her name is Anne, was moving into a new home in Vadnais Heights, Minnesota. And I'm sure someone is going to correct me, and I will give a oh, correction. spelled. V-A-D-N-A. I-S. Vanai? Vanice Heights? Well, she was moving into a new home in Minnesota. And her, yeah, her dad had built the home in a remote area with only a few other homes a good distance away. When they moved into the home, it was Halloween. And the dad got called away for work and he had to leave town. So he asked Anne and her younger sister 
to start moving things in. They gave He gave them keys to the house. He said, just start unpacking the boxes as you can, and I'll be back next week after, like, after I deal with this work. Mm-hmm. That evening, Anne and her sister decided that they wanted to go to a Halloween party, so they dressed up and headed to the party around 7 p.m., just as it began to snow. Anne dressed as a witch, and she really wanted to win the costume competition. She didn't, but she did win when she met a handsome guy named Jay. Jay. And good old Jay. He actually is a really good guy in this story, and I'm really, I'm a fan of Jay. Okay. So they were hitting it off, and Anne invited Jay back to her house. So they got back to the house at around 1.30 a.m. and hung out downstairs while her sister went to go to bed. At about 2.30 a.m., they heard a voice. It came out of nowhere, and Anne says it sounded like unlike anything that they had ever heard before. It was a moaning that sounded horrible, like it was filled with a loud pain and suffering. Anne said it seemed to come from everywhere all at once, and just when she thought she couldn't take it anymore, the moan went from terrible moaning into maniacal laughter. Back to moaning, back to laughter. Back to moaning, back like to the, the maniacal same laughter. Same voice. And oh then all of a gosh. sudden. Yeah. And it kept going back and forth and all of a sudden it just stopped. And then Jay and Ann looked at each other, validated that they had both heard the exact same thing. And they were terrified, but they were like, it's Halloween, so it must be a trick. And they wanted to go make sure it wasn't Ann's sister. So they go to go check on her and Ann's sister is fast asleep in bed. Ann wakes her up to make sure and asks her sister if she heard that noise or if she was the one responsible for the the noise. Her sister was annoyed, said she didn't hear anything and that she was tired, turned back over, turned, rolls over and goes back to sleep. Anne and Jay. I don't like where this is going. (laughs) Yeah. Anne and Jay searched the entire home. They split up and go through the whole house searching. They opened like the ovens. They opened everything, try to find like a, a, recording i'm sorry i just have to say one thing never ever ever split up never split up i know don't split up in my college house when there were seven of us if we were scared i was usually in front holding a huge knife and i had all the other girls right behind me we were a big like swarm of women going around searching you are the person i want in any like natural disaster in any scary circumstance because i know that you will fight Oh, I will definitely act. I don't think I will ever hesitate. I'll be there for you, Sabrina. (laughs) Thanks. It's a buddy system. Okay. Well, they split up. So they split up, and when they came back together, Jay's face was just white. And he said while he was upstairs, he heard the noise, and he was running back to find Anne, and it felt like it was chasing him. What? But there was like no source of it. Like it, there was nothing there. It's just the feeling of it coming mm-hmm. and rushing over you. And when he found Anne, he told her that what had happened. And Anne said, that's so strange. I didn't hear anything. We were so close. How was it that only you heard it in that situation? They couldn't find an explanation at all. So then they were too scared to go to sleep. So they just went back downstairs and sat with each other and tried to get their minds off mm-hmm. of it. When... The sound happened again, and this time it seemed to penetrate their souls. Both Anne and Jay felt very, very sad. 
Anne described the sound as the most frightening voice she has ever heard, and if by some horrible misfortune she was to hear it again, she swears her heart would stop instantly. So they start to write it off, but they have to admit that they felt like something supernatural supernatural was happening. They really wanted to believe that it was a joke and that it was just a crazy delusion of some, some sort. Mm-hmm. But the voice began again, and only this time it was nothing like the other times. Now it perme- permeated them completely. Anne and Jay were both completely filled with feelings of despair, hopelessness, helplessness, and pointlessness. Anne struggled to say something but couldn't manage it. It felt pointless to think at all. Tears were streaming from her eyes. And when she looked up, she saw tears were streaming from Jay's eyes as well. And they both experienced the sensation of their skin crawling. Anne says that she believes that they were in the presence of pure evil by now, by that time, it was 4 a.m. They were literally mentally exhausted, and Jay refused to leave Anne and her sister there alone, so he basically s- sat on the couch and waited up all night while Anne got some sleep. And that whole night, she slept in terror because she was worried about going near the bedroom door because an image was planted in her mind from those noises of a creature waiting to kill her on the other side. Oh, she my said, God. She said she knew the feeling was not coming from her mind, but it was being placed there from somewhere else. And Jay just, they just met. This is their first night together. Yeah. Wow. And like, that's where the story ends. There's no answers or anything. And that happened. She recalled the story. This is 40 years ago that she was recalling the story from. And she said she'll never forget how it happened what happened it was like the most terrifying thing she's ever experienced and it happened on halloween mm-hmm. Jeez, it's exactly like what we had been talking about before what we read about it being demonic presences being able to manipulate get a little closer to you yeah well, it's so creepy yikes um i didn't find anything like that <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to find stuff. It's hard to find stories that actually happen specifically on Halloween. Yeah. Especially this time of year because as soon as you start looking up ghost stories, it's like, go on this ghost tour. Go on this, like, yeah. haunted whatever tour. Um, or, like, spooky but, stories to tell people on Halloween. On Halloween. Yeah, yeah, right. So it was. it's definitely difficult to figure out what actually happened on Halloween. But I feel like a lot of stuff has to happen on Halloween because – yeah. Halloween's supposed to be the day that our two dimensions, our two worlds are the closest together. So people must have a ton of experiences. Yeah. Um, there was there is one thing that I that I saw in 2010. So in San Francisco, there is an area um, called Stowe Lake. And it is rumored that back in the 1800s, there was this young woman who was boating on the lake with her young toddler and he fell overboard accidentally and she's panicked so she jumps in after yeah. to rescue her baby and it's thought that they both passed away so she is often seen on Stowe Lake um she's a woman in white and on Halloween in 2010 there was a group of bikers who were going along the path and at 10:30 a.m. they see her and this is so crazy because 
she stuck around for like 10 minutes, 10 whole minutes. So they said that they saw the woman and she was searching for the child. So she was like wandering through the brush and and looking for her child. And I'll read what they said. Once we were halfway around the lake, someone shouted, there's a ghost across the water near the pagoda. We all stopped and sure enough, a woman in a white flowing gown was pushing through the reeds like she was looking for something. We all heard a distinctive, eerie wailing as if someone was in deep distress or mourning. We knew the lake was supposed to be haunted, but we had no idea we'd actually see a ghost. And they said that they called out to the ghost, tried to get her attention. And other tourists who were coming by, this group of bikers, they were stopping. There were small children who were stopping. Um, One child was so scared that he ran up the hill after seeing the ghost. And reportedly, the ghost hung out for 10 whole minutes. Oh, my gosh. And everyone just stood there, like, mouth agape, just like, what is going on? Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. And um, the woman who wrote this article, she and her husband had seen the ghost three years ago as well, like three years prior, and had seen the ghost on November 2nd. So clearly around Halloween time, it's very wow. – she's much more present because this the cyclist saw her on October 31st, and then this woman and her husband saw the ghost on November 2nd. Which is All Souls Day. There we go. Yeah. So that's, that's my haunting on Halloween. They made a movie about that, didn't they? Or I think they did. I think it's called A Woman in White. There are so many movies. And also, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the nickname for every single female ghost is Lady in White. Yeah. I, Why are I they guess all like, in white? I don't know. It's the neutrals. They were all wearing neutrals. No one had pink clothes back in the 1800s. Yeah. I guess their night dresses were white. Mm-hmm. So everyone's a lady in white. I'm like, which one are you talking about? <laughs> which lady in white? There's so many. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Clarify. Um, can I read? Okay. I know these aren't ghost stories, but can I read some of the um, spooky Halloween things that, like, actually happened on Halloween? Yes. So – one of the stories that I read, it's this one is titled The Note. The most frightening thing about a graveyard kit bought at Kmart was the note an Oregon woman found inside. It was written by a Chinese factory worker who claimed that he and others were tortured and enslaved in a forced labor camp, making toys 15 hours a day with no pay or no days off. He went on to plead for the letter to be forwarded to the World Human Rights Organization, and the woman did it, and then the Chinese worker was freed when the camp was exposed months later oh my god mm-hmm. that's so amazing i know then this one's really sad so a nine-year-old girl was dressed up in a halloween costume and she was dressed as a skunk oh i read this one the police said she was wearing a black costume a black hat with a white ta- tassel and a male relative apparently mistook her for a skunk and fired a shotgun, hitting her in the shoulder, arm, back, and neck, killing her. It's very sad. It's so sad. And then there's another one of, okay. 
When locals in Frederica, Delaware, saw a body hanging from a tree during Halloween in 2005, they assumed it was a scary decoration. Sadly, they couldn't have been more wrong. It was actually the body of a 42-year-old woman. She had been left hanging from the tree for three hours before residents realized it was an actual person. I I remember when this happened. You do? Mm Mm-hmm. I remember hearing about it in the news. That's so scary. It's so sad. It is. It's very sad. There's been, I think there are a few stories of people hanging themselves on Halloween. And I know um, some people, unfortunately, have accidentally done it, too. Well, yeah. The next story that comes right after that is that people try to do it as pranks to scare people. And then actually. Yeah, they're trying to, like, scare their friends and be like, oh, my God, they hung themselves. And then they accidentally actually. Yeah. The sad thing is that because Halloween decorations have become more and more real looking, the fact that you Mm -hmm. can mistake a real human being. Well, she, okay, but the thing with her was she hung herself sometime like very early, early in the morning. So I think it was, it was the early commuters. So she'd been up there for three or four hours, but I think she was taken down around like, 6 45 7 a.m it was like the very early early commuters that were seeing her so at least there weren't that many people i wouldn't think that early but also i mean rush hour is not long that's still after that but yeah i was in the wee hours of the morning it just brings me back to that movie bridge end did you ever watch that i haven't watched it yet i have a documentary where i'm like children hang themselves in a good mental state to watch that oh it's so bad it's so bad did you ever, um, when you were a kid, like, did people ever tell you, how, like, stories on Halloween that spooked you and freaked you out? I don't know if it was actually on Halloween, but we did, like, we did at sleepovers. And also, in my middle school, I don't know if this is something that most middle schools do, but we would have sleepovers. So, like, one night at a year. At your school? Mm-hmm. That's cool. We would... Our entire, like, homeroom or our whole house would go and spend the night. And my teacher would read scary ghost stories, too. So I feel like I have some of them stuck in my mind from laying there on my middle school floor hearing really terrifying stories. And my mom – I mean, I obviously like that stuff. Yeah. So my mom would uh, sometimes give in and read me the the messed up stories. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was in a ton of dance classes when I was younger, and um, for Halloween, we'd do, like, fun, spooky dances, and we'd always, like, dance to the Monster Mash, and then uh-huh. dim the lights, and cool decorations would be up, and it'd be black lights, and we'd sit in the middle of the dance floor and tell ghost stories, and there are some that really stuck with me and, like, affect me to this day. Yeah, me too. So the one that sticks with me the most is um, – the story of the woman who was leaving a baseball game. She had gone to the game by herself and she decided it was maybe like the seventh inning and she decided she wanted to leave before the traffic got really bad. And so she walks to her car by herself and she gets into her car and she starts driving out of the lot. And as she's driving on the road, she sees a car come close behind her and she's a little freaked out by it. Like it's very close to her. It's tailing her. And then it starts flashing its high beams in her car. So she's terrified because she feels like, yeah, she feels like this car is following her. And 
it will like turn its high beams on and then turn them off and turn them on and turn them off. And she keeps driving towards her home. And I think there are two different variations of the stories. One where she pulls over in a gas station. But the story that I had heard is that she pulls over. She gets home and pulls into her driveway and gets out of her car. And the truck is still following her. She gets out of the car and she's like, she's like ready to yell at this guy and take him on. And the guy in the truck gets out and he goes, call the police. There's a man in your car. Every time I turned my high beams on, he would duck down. But when my high beams were off, he would get up and he had a knife in his hand like he was going to kill you. Yes. Yes. I heard the the one that we told with the, the gas station one. Yeah. And they I, made fun of this on Scream Queens too. Yes. Yes, they did. But I still to this day, if it's late at night, I make sure that there's nothing in the backseat. Oh, I do too. I always check. And even and so, I'm still terrified that there's someone, some way that they hid. I started looking. I know that this is a little more extreme, but like while I'm walking to my car, I try to look underneath as well because oh, I've heard of people yeah. yeah, being under cars and then like stabbing you or something in the foot to, to yeah. And, the, or, and then or like doing something to grab you and then someone else runs up and there's that whole thing of like putting something on your windshield so you get out of your car to move it and that's yes oh my gosh if you ever go to your car and there's like a big thing whether it's an article of clothing or a big poster or something obstructing your view do not get out of your car to grab that item off of your windshield just try to drive a little ways because that's one of the things that people do it's it's the way that they kidnap they wait for you to get out of your car and then they jump you when yeah. you're a little off off guard. I hate it. My gosh. But that the reason that that story is so scary is because that's actually happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, not specifically the high beams, but I don't remember where it was. But more recently, in the past five or six years, there was an actual story of a girl that there was someone. What? In her car. Yeah. No. Well, he wasn't in her car like that. She went to a gas station and she gets out and her card is – something's happening and her like, card is getting declined. And then she's like, what the fuck? So she goes into the gas station Ugh. and the man in the gas station had declined her card because while he was looking out and – or oh, she was pumping her gas and then something happened and it just like switched off and it was all of a sudden like, you're declined. And so she was like – and she walks into the gas station to be like, what the fuck? Your pump isn't working. And he was like, oh, I turned it off so that you would come in here. While you returned pumping your gas, a man slipped into your backseat from the opposite side of the car. Oh, my God. And apparently that was, like, one of the things for the gang initiation. It's, like, steal a car or something. I – okay, that's terrifying, but I thought you were going in a different direction where the guy in the gas station was trying to lure her inside to kill her. No. Now I'm just terrified of everyone – I don't trust anyone. Poorly lit gas stations. Well, poorly lit gas stations are terrifying. They are. And, you know, they all have security cameras, but half the time I think those cameras aren't even working. Yeah. There's a really amazing video online of a woman who actually was abducted in her car. Did you see it? She got put in the trunk of her car and she managed to like pull the, the latch and she's in there. The guy's like cruising through the gas station. He's like, pulling pulling away really fast and she yanks the thing and pops out of the trunk she hits her head you can see blood spatter 
on her head right behind her and she runs just like gets up right away and books it into the gas station she survived she escaped That's being incredible kidnapped but mm-hmm. terrifying very terrifying i told oh. my parents that when i have children i'm gonna put them in the trunk of the car and teach them how to do the latch and my parents told me that they told me that if someone calls child protective services on me that that could be considered bad yeah it also could scar your kids right so i was like maybe i'll get in and videotape how to do it i just imagine i imagine your kids if you did that to them going to school the next day being like last night mommy put me in the trunk of the car and made me try to get out (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) it's super true i know it's like what age can you say stuff where it's not scarring um, one of the stories that we used to tell, and this, like, this one, like, really fucked me up. I actually think about it all the time. What is Still. it? So there was a man and his wife, and they weren't in a very happy marriage. They had a younger child. He was, like, five or six years old. Um, and one night, they put their child to bed, and they get in, like, a s- screaming fight. And he, the husband, ends up strangling his wife to death. And he he panics and he's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So he puts her in the trunk of his car. He drives to, like, the local pond or, like, he throws her over the shoulder, his shoulders like a piggyback Mm -hmm. to try to, like, bring her body to, I'm, like, acting it out right now, to bring her body to the lake. And he walks into the lake pushes her body away she goes down and sinks into the lake he goes back to his car and he drives home and he just has this awful smell on him of like death because he was carrying his dead wife killed a dead his wife yeah right and so he goes home and he tells his son that his mom was just like going away for a little while like just went to go hang out with relatives and son's like okay um but then the son starts acting kind of weird and, like, doesn't really want to be around the dad and, it, like, looks scared every time the dad's near him. And the dad's like, dude, like, what's wrong? And then the little kid goes, why is mommy so pale? And the guy goes, wait, what do you mean? And the little kid goes, why do you give her a piggyback every day? I have awful? never heard this story. You haven't? Oh my god! It no. Gives me oh I my god! Because it's like her dead ghost corpse is like attached to him. Oh, I forgot an important part of the story. It's that it's that he couldn't get the stench off of him. So like for days and like weeks, he was like, "Man, I still smell like death." And then the little kid goes, "It's because why the is mommy mom so pale?" Ghost. And he says, "What?" And the little kid goes, "Why do you give mommy a piggyback ride every day?" Wow. Oh my gosh. Talk about I shouldn't latching have told on. this one. Yeah, no, this is this is no no bueno for a uh, late Tuesday night. No. Or Sunday night when people are listening to this. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that one was the one. Someone that told you that me. as a child? I think this one was more like middle school, high school aged. Oh my gosh. The one that I loved as a kid, and I know that you know this one too, is the red ribbon. Yeah, this is a good one. Okay, nice change of pace. Go ahead. <laughs> so correct me if I'm wrong because I'm probably going to butcher it. But there's this man and this woman, 
and they fall in love and they get married. But she, she kept a red ribbon tied in a bow around her neck. And her husband kind of had this fixation on the ribbon and would always try to like touch it. And she'd yank away from him and she'd be like, don't, don't touch my, my ribbon. It always has to stay on me. Like never take my ribbon off. And he just had this fixation about it because he didn't understand what the ribbon. And he would always ask. Yes. What he would is always the ribbon ask. for? Yeah. And she would never tell him. She would just say, it has to mm-hmm. stay on. I have to keep the red ribbon on. Yeah. And then she gets sick or they get old. Yeah, she gets sick. And so she's on her deathbed, and she eventually passes away. No, I thought it was right before she passes away. Oh, she says, you're right. Right before you tell she the rest passes- of the story. Okay. You take it. Take Wait, it. I like this handoff. Uh, <laughs> right before she passes away, she looks at her husband and says, "You've always wondered what this red ribbon is for." So she unties the ribbon, and her neck and head separate. Yes, her head falls off her body. So the ribbon was keeping her head attached to her body the entire time she was alive. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a good one. I really do like that story. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there are any other stories. Oh, I just remembered one. Oh my gosh, that evil look at me. <laughs> <laughs> this one was like another one from when I was younger. Okay. It There's... Uh, two boys and they are left home alone for the day their parents went out and they're like be good boys like we'll be back soon so the two brothers they're like okay like let's just like run around and play hide and seek so they decide to play hide and seek one of the boys closes his eyes and he hears his brother's feet run off so he's counting he's counting And then he stops and then he starts looking all over the house for his brother, looks in every single location and cannot find him. But then he he hears a scraping noise from the wardrobe, which he thought he had already looked in. He was like, I know I've checked the wardrobe, but maybe he switched locations. So he opens up the wardrobe. I'm getting chills already. He opens up the wardrobe. And he looks inside and he can't see anything. So then he starts touching the clothing and looking up and down and reaching in. And as he reaches in, a white hand reaches out and grabs him and tries to yank him into the closet. And as he's pulling back and being pulled into the closet, his brother comes and goes, could you not find me? Sees what's happening, grabs him and yanks him back hard enough that they both escaped and they just booked it out of the house. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, And I think that this story inspired – there's a scene, I believe it's in The Conjuring, where the same thing happens. Oh, my gosh. Or something very similar happens. Yeah, that was a scary one. That is scary. I just remembered – I just remembered one more, too. Tell me. I think I've told you this one. But this one has also stuck with me. So – There's this young girl who has a family dog, and every night she sleeps with the dog next to her bed. And whenever she's scared, she, like, puts her hand over the bed, and the dog will lick her hand, and it's comforting. So one night, there's a thunderstorm. It's dark and rainy, and she's scared, and she rolls over and puts her hand on the side of the bed, and the dog licks it. But she hears a weird noise, like, in her house. So she, like, keeps her hand there, and the dog licks it again. 
And she, the next morning, wakes up. And in the bathroom, the dog is hanging dead in the bathtub. And I think there was another part of it where, like, there was a, she saw a person under her bed or something like that. But basically, a man was licking her hand at night. It was, okay, you have told me this, and I've heard this story before, too. It was that in blood, there was writing, and it said, people can lick, too. Oh, my God. Yes, I forgot that part of Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so, glad, I'm so glad cat's tongues are tiny. I know. Little rough tongues. <laughs> um, there was one story. I can't remember any of the details, so I won't tell it. But there was one story, and I swear it was in the same book, that the – the woman with the ribbon around her neck. I swear it was in that mm-hmm. same book that I'd read it as a little kid. And it was something about a ghost cat. Wait, my coworker know. got me a whole book called Ghost Cats. <laughs> Have you read it? I read a few and they're amazing. What are, Maybe what one are... day I'll do a live reading. <gasps> that would be so good. Ghost cats. When we do like a, when we do a pets episode, I'll do a live reading yeah. from Ghost Cats. Pet Cemetery. Should we read okay. emails? Speaking of, um, yeah, let's just reading. go go tell other people's stories, not the the scary ones that That's everyone scary. makes up as children and tells each other. Should I go first? Yeah. Okay, I have an email from Kaylee, and her subject line is awesome. It says, "That time, some bitch ass ghost tried to take me out." <laughs> Hi guys, my name is Kaylee and I've recently started listening to your podcast. I'm super intrigued by the paranormal and find all of your personal accounts super crazy and interesting. We do too. I was listening to your recent episode about haunted trails and it reminded me of an experience I had on a haunted trail when I was younger. Sorry if this is a little long. I'm not very good at cutting out details. (laughs) We love details. We love them. We love them. Growing up, my dad lived in West Virginia while me and my sisters lived just outside of Pittsburgh with my mom. On weekends with my dad, we would often go hiking or biking along the many beautiful trails in West Virginia. One weekend when I was around 11 or 12, we traveled a little outside of where he lived near Grafton to go biking on a trail that was converted from an old railroad railroad line. Old train tracks are spooky. Yeah. There's an abandoned train track in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. If anyone wants to go look at the Sison and go to the abandoned tracks, it's actually super pretty. We should be like a advertisement for Portsmouth. We should get paid for <laughs> just for how much we talk all about it. We'll get them so many ghost hunters and paranormal enthusiasts. I'm sure that's where. Yeah, that's the pop in location. Yeah. The trail goes through almost the entire state of West Virginia and even goes through parts of Pennsylvania. Near where we started on the trail, there is a super long and super dark tunnel. The inside of the tunnel does not have any lighting, so you have to rely on the sunlight that trickles in to get you through to the other side. The tunnel is so long and narrow that the sunlight doesn't actually reach the middle, so it's very hard to see, and you're basically following a tiny dot of light till you get out of it. That's creepy. Anyway... The second you got in, we got in this tunnel, I immediately got the creeps. It almost felt like I was being, it was being guarded by something. 
We went through the tunnel single file because it was only wide enough for two bikes to go through side by side and we didn't run into anyone coming from the opposite direction. My dad was in front with my sister in a little basket on the back of his bike and my other sister was in front of me. The entire time we went through the tunnel, it felt like someone was following us. We managed to make it through the tunnel and carried on with the rest of our bike ride without any issues. Um, Coming back, however, that was not exactly the case. We get into the tunnel again and start to go through in the same single file line that we were in the first time. I'm feeling all the same shit I was before, the do not enter feeling and feeling like I'm being followed and watched. We're getting close to halfway point and my dad and sisters have gotten a little further ahead of me to the point where I can't really see them much anymore. Oh God, don't lose sight of people. No, never split up. Never split up. Suddenly, my feelings of being watched intensified. I looked up and saw what appeared to be the silhouette of a man standing maybe 20 feet in front of me, off to my right and almost right next to my sister. We were at a point where it was getting harder to see, but you could still make out what was in front of you. This shadowy figure appeared to be darker than the wall it was standing near. I was extremely uneasy at this point, but kept trying to tell myself that I was probably just seeing things given how difficult it could be see good could be to see the tunnel. I'm getting like so amped up in this story that I can't even read it. <laughs> While all this bullshit is happening, a creepo man starts to pass us in the tunnel going the opposite direction on the other side of the tunnel. By the time he gets to me, I have to move further to my right where I see this weird man, weird man shadow thing. I get to the point where I saw the shadow and it feels like I hit something and I'm pushed off my bike. I fall hard to the ground but get up so fucking quickly because at this point I'm scared shitless. I start pedaling like my life depended on it to catch back up with my family. The whole time I'm leaving the tunnel, I feel like I'm being chased. We finally break free of the dark tunnel and are back in the daylight going back to our car. The whole way back to the car, I kept looking behind me because it constantly felt like someone was there. I even looked in the side mirrors a few times as we were driving away just to make sure. Once we're safe in the car, I realize I had a bunch of blood running down my leg and I had cut up my knee pretty badly. I was so scared I didn't even feel it. I never said anything to my dad or my sister because I didn't want to scare them and I didn't want my dad to think I was nuts. Fast forward a few years, it's around Halloween and I'm feeling so spooky, so I decided to watch Ghost Adventures and they're doing a special live episode. I can't remember if I watched it live or if it was a rerun. They're running a special live episode from the trans Allegheny lunatic asylum in the middle of this episode they have a pre-recorded mini episode thing where they go and visit a supposedly haunted trail not far from the asylum they show them coming up to this trail to a big long tunnel and i nearly shit my pants it was the same tunnel i went through up until this point i had convinced myself that i was seeing things and probably just ran into a rock or something that had caused me to fall off my bike but seeing this confirmed to me that i had experienced something real The one thing I find odd about all of this is that supposedly the sightings that occur at this tunnel are all of a woman dressed in white. She was believed to be hit by a train in the tunnel while traveling to a nearby town to her wedding. People can also supposedly hear the sound of a train. I've done a little bit of research and have yet to see any accounts of seeing anyone else seeing another man or being pushed. Keep up the good work and thanks for reading all of this. I remember reading that email and she's the one that i was telling you that someone else had also emailed about that same asylum no way should we read that email okay okay because yeah so when 
I'd read that email, I was thinking too, like I know that the shadow person is demonic and especially if the shadow is darker than the tunnel, that's super freaking scary. That's terrifying. But also being pushed, like, do you think that she was pushed? I don't know. I'm just trying to speculate. Like maybe, maybe it was the white woman, the woman in white pushing her. Always the woman in white. Maybe it was her pushing her or like the energy of the train hitting the woman hit the girl off of her bike. Oh, I didn't even think about that in that. Oh my gosh. Right. Going through. She's. Here's another question. Mm -hmm. And I don't really like where my mind went with this, but I wonder what if this woman was pushed in front of the train by this man? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh. Like the, the by the shadow person? Mhm. Like what if the shadow person predates? Wow. It very or well has- could be. And then it's like is the shadow person pushing this girl off of her bike or is the woman in white pushing her down because she doesn't want her to get too close to this evil presence? Oh gosh. Like trying to protect her. Mm-hmm. we'll never know we'll never know we'll never know i kind of like never knowing though i do and i don't it's I like it's, like it's good though. because we can speculate that some of the we can lean towards the positives what but was also the positive in this situation oh that, that the woman in white is trying her, to protect her, her protecting her yeah yeah mm-hmm. that is positive yeah All right, well, should I read the other story that we got from the woman who went to the same area? Asylum? Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes, 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 yes. This is from Cindy. She said, so, like, I've been obsessed with ghosts and the supernatural probably all my life. The bright side has always been that I'm not very sensitive to any of that stuff. Like, when visiting haunted places, my mother, who grew up in a haunted house, would always be the one who would be, like, getting vibes from spirits and stuff, but I've never had that sensitivity to it. I like how she writes like she's talking, Um, which is why I was able to spend my 24th birthday overnight in a haunted, rundown asylum, a.k.a. the Trans-Allegheny Insane Asylum in West Virginia. It's a commercial place, but they're really respectful about restoring the history of the hospital And the actual ghost hunters give you the tours, but in the spooky tours, you're allowed to roam, especially, like, on your own. Wait, that's like your Rolling Hills Asylum that you did last week. It must be a popular thing to do, like, the overnight tours. Um, She said, especially the eight-hour overnight tour that me and my friend did. She goes, okay, but to get to the actual story, in the kitchen area of the hospital, they tell you that historic, a historically aggressive spirit chills in the back of the kitchen one that is known to pull hair and scratch, but only towards women. And then she wrote, can't even catch a break in the afterlife. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I love this lady. She's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and despite not being sensitive to spirits on a general basis, something about that background was just a big no to me. So I grabbed my friend and I'm like, Becca, we're not going back there. So we stay in the hallway while the rest of the group goes to the kitchen area. Fast forward a few minutes later, and one of the girls in our group, who for the story's sake let me tell you that she was wearing a dress with a circular cutout in the back, comes out and was like, I think I got bitten by a bug in there. Turns around, and she has three deep scratches in the middle of her cutout. 
Her friend testified that she hadn't scratched it herself. So, like, I may not normally be sensitive, but apparently my sixth sense kicks in when it knows the aggressive spirit is waiting to scratch me and prevented this from happening to me as well. Bless up, but also check out the trans Allegheny Insane Asylum if you ever get the chance. It's cool, spooky, and historical as fuck. Cindy. Wow. I wonder if Cindy and Kaylee know each other. Yeah, what if it's the two friends? <laughs> Pretty crazy. And oh I was gosh. like, what a good friend to do that with you on your birthday. Eight yeah. hours overnight, half of it's most likely self-guided of you just roaming around. Mm. It's, ugh, I don't think I could do that. Yeah. Well, this works great for Halloween. There are like two things. The East Coast, they there's like this um asylum in Pennsylvania that it's supposed to be like one of the most like one of the scariest haunted houses for Halloween and each floor is like a different level and you if you you have to try and make it up to each floor and you sign a oh, waiver yes. in the beginning. Like is that the one you. And aren't you supposed to go alone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they like give you take one at a time. Mm -hmm. Then there's another thing that I guess I don't know if it's recent or whatnot, but I've seen ads for it where you basically sign a contract and it says, and you have to get your like work to approve it, and you have to get family to approve it. That basically you're giving permission to this company to kidnap you at any time within a time frame, and I think it's like weeks, like a time frame of certain weeks, and you have to get permission from everyone. And they kidnap you and take you to this location. And it's a terrifying haunted house, but basically like survival. And they actually legit torture you to to a certain extent. Certain extent. But yeah. Oh, my God. I had not heard of that. Because there were years ago, there was a company that was based out of Europe that you could do the kidnapping, like get kidnapped. But I don't yeah. think that it was that whole thing. I think it was more of like the chase sequence, like you knew you were going to be taken, you would escape. Or like what if you were you trying to hunt down someone. Instead of um, training your kids to get out of the trunk of their out of your car, train you should just sign them up to get kidnapped and practice getting out of kidnapped situations. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the ultimate test. <laughs> Back, kids. <laughs> Good luck. Drop them. In it's the like woods when parents survive. Yeah, it's like when parents leave their kids in the woods and they're like, well, get home. Don't don't do that. Don't ever. Do, yeah. do you watch Orange is the New Black? Yes. Yes. When what's her face? Her dad drops her in the Uh-huh. Wood. And she had to survive yeah. and she got the leeches on her body. Yeah. It's so sad. I know it is. It also reminds me in a funnier version is when um michael scott in the office isn't invited to the camping retreat and <laughs> so dwight leaves him in the woods and he just and they like do a recording of it and michael's <laughs> just like super scared and he's like it's been four hours <laughs> like not even it's been like an hour and he's just i don't think i can make it like i think it's important for everyone to know survival skills and yeah. if something were to happen to understand like how to create shelter how to make a fire like certain basic needs in the right. wilderness but in terms of teaching your children or your friend you can't do that you have to provide a sense of security and you have right. to have community you know right 
You survive better if there's two of you than one. Right. It reminds me of those stories. I don't know if it's a real thing that has happened or if it's just another one of those urban legends of people who go camping and then when they go home and they develop their film, there's a photo of them sleeping in their tent. Oh, I hate those. Yeah. I wonder if it's, yeah, I wonder if that's a real story or if it originated from like scary movies. And that's Probably on the Appalachian Trail or the Madonna Trail. Yes. Though I can't imagine the New Jersey Devil taking photos of people. No. But all the little Roanoke guys. Oh, yeah, for sure. Very much good. Yeah. Wow. Well, this uh, was a good spooky Halloween. Yeah. Special. Happy Halloween, everyone. Hope you enjoyed your weekend and yes. have plenty of safe candy to hand out to the little cute kiddos as they walk around. Yeah. Don't put cyanide in the candy to get life insurance for your kid's life because Definitely you won't get away with it. Murder. And it's awful. Yeah. Just yeah. be safe and have fun. Keep up the good spirit of the holiday. Don't get too creepy. Yeah, help the spirits pass back into Mm -hmm. their realm and wear your disguise so they don't get confused and mistake you as another, as a human. And you want them to mistake you as another ghost. And if you're hosting a Halloween party, do not include a Ouija board as one of the possible events to do. Not a fun party game. No. You can throw out some tarot cards. You can do some bobbin for apples. The the donuts. Go bite the donuts. You know, the fun things. Or the, like, the mummy game where you have the toilet paper and you have to wrap someone as a mummy the fastest. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we should have a Halloween party. We're going to. I know, but I want to do all the games. I want, like, a little kid Halloween party. We can – I'll – I'll steal a roll of toilet paper from your bathroom and I'll wrap you up as a mummy. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> I'll be happy then. And, and then we can then. bob for apples. We can bob for apples in your sink. I'm allergic to apples, Sabrina. Then I can bob for apples in your sink. <laughs> and you it's can a, watch. Yeah, it's just you can't lose. Like the odds <laughs> are all stacked in your favor. You'll definitely be the first one. I'm really excited. Well, I can't wait to have you. I can't wait to be with you. It's going to be so, so much cool. fun. Only- There's apparently this shop in downtown Salem where you can make a wand. So we can Whoa. go there. Oh, and we're cool. going to do a tour. We'll we'll put all this stuff on our Instagram, too. So you yeah. guys will see it before this episode comes out but we're gonna go check out all of the spots or some of the spots that they filmed hocus pocus and some of the most historical sites that salem witches used to yes the witch trials the salem witch trials we will be all up in that as well all up in that speaking of instagram you guys should all follow us on social media Mm -hmm. we uh post a lot on there we're super involved on instagram we love talking to people and seeing what you guys have to post and your halloween stuff and just everything so follow us on instagram we are two girls one ghost podcast 
and we're on Twitter, TGOG Podcast, or if you search Two Girls, One Ghost, it comes up as well. Mm-hmm. And we are on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, and it's really fun. It's Two Girls, One Ghost Podcast. And yeah. we did we did add two questions that you have to answer mm-hmm. to get into the group, just because we want to make sure that it's people that actually um, listen to the podcast and know what they're going to partake in versus someone who sees the title and thinks that they should just join. So please do yes. answer the questions. We send reminders too. Um, yeah. And you can always reach out to us if we don't accept you and you made a mistake and accidentally declined the questions. Right. Um, please tell your friends about us. And if you haven't already, please rate and review us. Write us a written review on iTunes and subscribe and do all that goodness because podcasts really rely on people's feedback and on on having active listeners and people reviewing at a steady pace. So, yeah, (laughs) please review us. Um, We really appreciate it. And we don't want to be annoying about it, but just do it because... We like it, and it helps us a ton. And don't forget to email us your ghost stories. You can email us as many times as you want. We will never, ever get sick of hearing and reading your stories. Yes. Um, oh, sorry. Just reading. We are only going to read. So don't send us, like, your recording of your story. Yeah, um, we're only going to read them. So yeah. And also, but, a lot of people send us their stories on, like, Instagram and places like that and that's great we love reading them but if you do want your story to be read on the podcast please send it to two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com those are the only ones that we go through when we're recording so they're the only stories that have a chance of being read exactly thanks thanks for listening (laughs) happy halloween tell us all the spooky stuff that happens to you this weekend and on tuesday But be safe and have fun. Mm -hmm. And we will see you on the other side. On the other side.